On the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly. Here's Dominic Catronio. Live one more time from spring training. This time, next week, we will be reacting to opening day. All right. We have made it. We can't say winter is over, given the forecast we just heard. But, all right. This time next week, baseball will actually start counting. So that means today's episode is all about previewing the roster. Hi, everybody. I'm Dominic Catronio. I would love some participation. If you're hanging out with us here tonight, not watching any March Band, shout out to K-State. My sister went to K-State. Little Apple in the Big Apple. K-State with the big win over Michigan State. But uh, if you want to join in on the show here tonight, Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, Old National Bank, get old, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. We're just going to kind of set the scene here in this first segment, and then we're going to take each of the remaining five segments and go position group by position group. So we will go... Starters, which is quite frankly going to be the easiest segment to talk about. Next one to relievers. Then we'll go outfield. Then we'll go infield. And then we'll go catcher DH. Okay. So let's start with a few headlines. Let's start with a few things you need to know as we get ready. If you are wondering about what the heck's going on with this Luke Voigt discourse, why is he not yet on the 40-man roster? If you're not really familiar with any of this stuff, uh, we talked about it last week with Vinny Rutino on the podcast feed as well. Just want to clarify what went down last week. So Luke Voigt has an out thanks to his service time in his minor league contracts. Basically, because he signed a minor league contract, but with somebody with X amount of service time, he's just shy of five years, if I'm not mistaken. Basically, he gets a clause in his contract based on the amount of time that he spent in the big leagues already that says, hey, if he's not yet on the 40-man, he is allowed to go to search other opportunities. He can out, he can opt out of his minor league contract and go opt for another opportunity elsewhere. The original deadline for that was last Thursday. And then the Brewers came to a agreement with Voigt saying, we would love just one more week to decide this. If you would be willing to do so. Luke was very uh, open to that. He understands that he would like a decision sooner. I suppose later he feels like he's playing well. And he said, you know what, I'll take it. Because at the time, there really isn't much happening in the first baseman market here in Major League Baseball with the final week to go. The reason why you make that out is because, look, there's injuries happen, guys aren't performing, teams want to look elsewhere. It's not uncommon for a team to make an addition in the last week of spring training. Absolutely. So they decided to extend it to tomorrow, to Friday the 24th. Now, I think what's going to happen is like we saw last week, He's probably going to play. They have to make a decision by the end of the day sort of thing. Where this impacts Voight and where this impacts the Brewers, and we could talk about this a little more in depth in the infielder segment as well, but the way this impacts the Brewers is, look, you're not going to keep both Luke Voigt and Keston Hira on this roster, right? You need to figure out what the heck you're doing at first base, and and to be clear also, I tweeted this a couple of days ago. If you want to follow me on Twitter, at Dom underscore Catronio, D-O-M underscore C-O-T-R-O-N-E-O. Look, we're giving so much attention to this, to this Keston here, Luke Voigt battle, because there's really nothing else happening in camp, right? 
How? At what other time are you going to spend this much attention to the backup first baseman job? Like, Rowdy's still going to play 120 to 130 games this year, right? So don't overreact one way or another. But at the same time, it just feels so, you know, oh, my gosh, they got to make a decision. But it's not. It's really not that urgent, right? It's not that deep, right? So just... Let's take a deep breath on that. All right, so that's the main thing that's happening. We'll learn more probably by the end of the day tomorrow. Probably get a few more cuts, probably a few more reassignments here toward the end of camp. Uh, I think there's 33 guys currently in big league camp, so they got to cut that down to 26 eventually. Uh, Also, a refresher on the Rule 5. We'll talk about that in the relievers with Gus Varland. Gus Varland is the only guy on this roster that's currently a Rule 5 selection, meaning if he does not make the big league club and does not stay on the big league club, he gets returned to the Los Angeles Dodgers. So he needs to make the team. He cannot be optioned. And there's a whole other set of criteria when it comes to that. They could also make a trade with the Dodgers to say we would like to keep Gus and thus make him optionable. But that is not the case where things stand right now. Do you want to get to the lines? You already got one caller. If you want to join in, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Ricky joining us uh, from Honey Creek. Uh, Ricky, thanks for calling in. Uh, What's on your mind tonight? Hey, man. Uh, I just want to say I've been a long-time Brewers fan. Uh, I got a friend who's actually a Cubs fan, so he's already uh, starting to rub it in my face that all the Cubs are going to beat the Brewers this year. And uh, this offseason, I was looking, the Brewers trading Hunter Renfro away, and I'm like, man, I mean, Hunter Renfro, such a great arm there in right field. Oh, boy, this is not going to be great. Then a little bit later, Colton Wong getting traded. Um, and then we get Winker and Toro uh, from him. So it's like, okay, we get a little bit of help here. But I just want to say, um, today in spring training, Tyler Naquin, who we just recently signed to a minor league deal, getting a couple of base hits today, showing that he can hit against left-handed pitching this is something that the Brewers desperately need this year. And if I was the Brewers, I would let Tyler Naquin onto the opening day roster if he continues this kind of hitting. And another thing. Yeah, he's, Keston yeah Hira, what you got, Ricky, real quick. All right, yeah, I got to be quick here. Uh, Keston Hero, he's really struggling. Um, unless, there, unless we see some kind of improvement, I would just say uh, no here to Keston Hero. He needs the get some more practice in. So thank you for letting me on and I'll let you go. Awesome. Thank you, Ricky. Thanks for calling in. I agree on Tyler Naquin. I'll talk a little more about the outfield picture, specifically how it pertains to the prospects here in just a little bit as we preview the roster. And when it comes to Keston, yeah, it, 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 look, I'm not going to beat around the bush here. I, I think this is it. You know, I think tomorrow or Saturday, whatever, it, it's going to happen. I, I think Keston here, uh, I'm sure they're shopping him, but understanding that every team knows the Brewers are going to have to DFA him. No team's going to make a trade for a guy they know is about to be on waivers, so they'll maybe be trying to jump the order and try to get Keston Hira, but I think we are approaching the end of uh, Keston Hira's time uh, in Milwaukee, and it stinks. You know, it always stinks to see a player that was held in such high regard, especially in his rookie year, and that epic, epic, epic start to his career, and just, you know, it three-year options, and... Now you're out of options and trying to will something that just 
isn't there. So I feel in there. I'll talk more about Naquin a little bit later, but Ricky, thanks for your participation. You can text in, you can call in 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. You know, since we're talking Naquin, let's just go ahead and start with the outfielders for our position preview. That'll come up on the other side of this break, right here on your home of the Brewers, 620 WTMJ. Let's talk outfield. I'm Dominic Catronio, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talk and text line. You can text in. You can call in. Let's talk about some roster preview stuff right now. And we are starting with the outfielders since our caller, Ricky, was talking about Tyler Naquin. Let's let's get to the nitty-gritty here. So first and foremost, you have to be added to the 40-man roster in order to be eligible to be on the 26-man roster. Something that Tyler Naquin needs to do is needs to be added to the 40-man roster. So right now, and again, right now, there are currently no spots available. But virtually, we know there are going to be two guys placed on the 60-day IL. Why is that significant? The 60-day IL takes you temporarily off of the 40-man roster until you are back to uh, an active player. So those two candidates would be Justin Wilson, who is still recovering from Tommy John surgery, and Aaron Ashby, who is playing catch, by the way, but he's not expected back in games by hopefully the end of May. So that gives you a chance to do the full 60 days with him. That's two spots right there that you would fill with a non-roster invitee or maybe somebody getting called up, things of that nature. So that's where Tyler Naquin fits into this current roster, those two guys getting placed on the 60-day IL. But something to keep in mind. So first and foremost... Naquin, yes, the back of the baseball card's good, and he had a good day today. I'd be absolutely shocked, absolutely shocked, if he makes it to the All-Star break with the Brewers. That would have to come, assuming health, that is. You know, that would have to come with an injury, or he has to play a lot more and things of that nature. I, I really think Tyler Naquin's going to be a stopgap, and, and here's why. You still got Tyrone Taylor on his way back, and I don't think he's going to get placed on the 60-day IL unless something really drastic changes. In fact, he just started playing catch. He's dealing with a sprained elbow. He had a PRP injection just over three weeks ago. He just started playing catch. Next steps to be determined. Craig Council, in his own words today, said, hey, he's still a bit of ways away. So you still have Tyrone Taylor on his way back. Will he be placed on the 60-day IL remains to be seen. I, quite frankly, kind of doubt it. So you still got him on the way back, and that might be the end for Tyler Naquin. The other reason why Tyler Naquin's going to make this team and not a Sal Freelich or a Joey Weimer, and look, I'm going to put my hand up here real quick. I have put Sal Freelich on every single one of my rosters, but this is a prediction show, okay? This is what we think the Brewers are actually going to do, and I think they're going to sign Tyler Naquin. They're going to put him on the 40-man. He's going to be the stopgap. Sal Freelich will then make his debut at some point in the year, and it will probably be conveniently after he can accrue or conveniently after he can accrue a full year of service time. You know the drill. You know the business of baseball. I have said this over and over throughout the offseason. The business of baseball is ugly and gross sometimes. This is one of those times. The Brewers are going to take advantage of the service time manipulation rules that really is not really a penalty to the Brewers. So I could see them trying to get that extra year out of Sal Freelich under the current CBA. The Players Association did their best to get actual language in there to eliminate service time uh, manipulation, but they were unsuccessful in doing so in last year's lockout. I, I want to be clear, though, Sal Freelich will play in the big leagues this year, okay? We know that. Sal Freelich is good enough to play in the big leagues right now, but 
This is the business of baseball. This is the way the world works. It sucks, but it's the truth. Sal Freelich and Joey Weimer and Garrett Mitchell will be in the outfield at some point this year. I'm not 100% certain on Weimer, but I hope it happens. I really hope it happens. Because also, something to keep in mind with Joey Weimer. They're keeping him this long at camp for a reason. Now, Joey, he's right-handed. And Craig Council hinted it the other day that, look, we are not very balanced in the outfield right now. That all lefties, Naquin's left-handed, Mitchell's left-handed, Yelich left-handed, Winker's left-handed. They don't have anybody that, that's right-handed without Tyrone Taylor for the outfield for those days that they get a lefty. So what do you do with Joey Weimer? Oh, by the way, Joey and Sal are not yet on the 40-man roster. So that's another reason why it'll be tough to add all of them at once. When it comes to Joey Weimer, and this is going to sound crazy, but it's true. I'm not saying he's going to make the team, but Joey technically, as it currently stands because of injury, probably has a better chance to make the team because of Sal. But I don't think either one of them is making the team just for the sake of, like I said, the service time uh, situation they've got going on with the Brewers and with the business of baseball and that sort of thing. You can lock Yelich in left. You can lock Mitchell in center. The intriguing name that is going to be in the outfield this year that we've learned this week is going to be Owen Miller. And Owen Miller has had a grand total of two and a half weeks of experience in center field. And he is going to be the emergency center fielder for the Brewers. Maybe against some lefties, he'll get the start over Garrett Mitchell. Or if Garrett needs a day, Owen Miller is going to start center field, the Fredonia kid, for the Brewers at American Family Field. That's a cool story. Hometown kid getting to play. Yes, Owen Miller's going to make this team, guys. I, I'm, I'd be absolutely shocked if Owen Miller does not make this team. He's also, quite frankly, he's earned it. He's had a really solid camp. He's got a lot of playing time, thanks to the guys being gone for the World Baseball Classic. Uh, 33 at-bats, 11 hits, 4 doubles, uh, a couple of walks, only 4 strikeouts. It's an on-base of 371. Small sample, I know, but hey, it's spring training. It's all you can really do, right? So... Owen Miller is on this team. He's going to get a chance to play. He had another really strong spring last year as well with the Cleveland Guardians. So you hope it continues to ride for him and doesn't fall off like it did last year for Cleveland and for Owen. So as you look at the outfield, too, another thing to note, Jesse Winker is going to play defense this year. And another thing to note, a guy that's going to play right field at some point this year, and this helps with the right-handedness, is Brian Anderson. And the last caller, Ricky, was talking about the fact that, oh, Hunter Renfro has gone in the strong arm. Brian Anderson has a stronger and, quite frankly, more accurate arm than Hunter Renfro. And he's still going to play a lot more third base and right field, I believe. But Brian Anderson might be, might be an upgrade from Hunter Renfro to right field just defensively, okay? We saw a lot of throwing errors from Hunter Renfro last year. We saw, you know, we saw guys not run as well, but we've seen some wily throws from Hunter Renfro. And he's still got a cannon for an arm, but so does Brian Anderson. Uh, I'm really excited to see what the Brewers can do with him on the left side of the defense as well with Willie Adamas. We'll talk about the infield in a little bit too, but there are a lot of names that are involved for only three positions. And again, the top prospects in the organization are outfielders, which makes things a little bit complicated. We know Yelich is going to be left. We know Mitchell is going to be in center. It's probably going to be Tyler Naquin in right field. And then fourth outfielder might be Owen Miller slash Brian Anderson slash Jesse Winker depending on the day and depending on the pitcher face. So that's the way I see it. I know everybody wants Sal Freelich in the big leagues on opening day. I would love to see it too, but at this point, I would be extremely surprised to see it. However, there is compensation 
if Freelich finishes top three in Rookie of the Year voting, the Brewers would get a compensation draft pick in next year's MLB draft. So there is a little bit of compensation. They are, you know, confident in South Freelich's abilities, but that's a tall ask as well. Uh, let's go move on to the uh, starting pitchers coming up next. If you want to chime in on the show, 855-616-1620. That's the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. 855-616-1620 here on 620 WTMJ. Go to sleep tonight when I can stay up Welcome back on a Thursday night, the last Brewers Weekly before the regular season. How about it? Uh, Brewers and Cubs next week down at Wrigley at 1 o'clock. We have a lot of programming coming at you all week long. And then the home opener is uh, a week from Monday. That'll be against the New York Mets. So keep it locked here on 620 WTMJ for everything when it comes to Brew Crew this season. Did I say we're going starters? Did I say we're going infielders? Uh, I forget what I said. Tommy Wirtz is uh, with us here, our producer on the show. Did I say starters or relievers, Tommy? You, you were going to start the show with starters, so I think you should probably right. go to starters. All right, let's go. I mean, it's the easiest one to talk about, quite frankly. Um, it's locked. Like, I, I, I don't know what to tell everybody. It's going to be Corbin Burns in the opening day. And I know it hasn't been announced yet, but that'll actually come on Friday. MLB wanted to do this thing where they have everyone announced at the same time, uh, make this whole matchup. So it, it's, it's not breaking news. We know who this opening day starter is going to be for the Brewers. It's going to be Corbin Burns. Um, and then we know Brandon Woodruff's going to follow. Now, beyond that, they might get creative, but we know the five guys. Okay, it's going to be Corbin Burns, it's going to be Brandon Woodruff, it's going to be Freddie Peralta, it's going to be Eric Lauer, and it's going to be Wade Miley. Okay, there, there's no surprise. Craig Council said the other day, it's like, you know, I don't can't remember a spring where we've been this comfortable at this point, this late in camp with our starter. I could not be happier with the way things have gone, of guys getting their work in, the days and the schedules, and credit to Chris Hook and Jim Henderson and everybody with the Brewers pitching staff to get these guys ready to go. Burns is going to be the opening day starter. And, you know, it's going to be chilly. It's going to be maybe a little bit of uh, moisture in the air down at Wrigley looking at the extended forecast, but the rest of the weekend looks okay. Let's just hope it doesn't go like last year's opening day start. But that was weird last year, too, because... Short in spring, after the lockout, get it in, get it in, get it in kind of feeling. So I, I feel like he's in a better place now, and he looked great in his last outing. In fact, we're going to see him uh, tomorrow, Friday, against the, uh, I believe they're playing the Rockies? No, who are they playing? Uh, yeah, the Rockies. Uh, no, they're not playing the Rockies. I, my, I'm i all over the place with these split squads. I got the Dodgers over at uh, Glendale tomorrow as well in a split squad. I'm just trying to double-check who they're playing at American Family Fields of Phoenix, and that will be... Yeah, I was right. It is the Rockies. Um, it is on radio, so you can check that out here as well. The The thought with Corbin, and I still see it pop up in my mentions every once in a while, like, oh, is he? he's mad at the team. Honestly, like, I stand right by his locker every day in spring training. It's fine. We're Everyone's fine. Everyone's normal. We're moving on. Okay, so all that stuff... He's going to pitch his heart out, and I think he's going to be a, a, a great guy to choose to lead your way over 200 innings last year. He wants to do it again. He wants to be even better. He's just a relentless competitor, and it, it's really fun to watch, and I can't wait to see it on opening day. Uh, Brandon Woodruff will follow, and if you haven't listened to it yet, we had a great conversation with him at the start of camp. Uh, the next one actually is going to be Eric Lauer. I'm happy to share that. We're going to record that here in the next couple of days and have that in your feeds here soon. But Brandon Woodruff, man, 
He's looked dynamite so far this spring. He just pitched the other day against the uh, Padres. He'll pitch again on, I believe, Saturday. No, he'll pitch on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, uh, on the last TV game of the spring. That will be against the Arizona Diamondbacks, and that'll be his final tune-up before pitching, taking the ball next Saturday uh, against the Cubs. And then this is where you can get a little interesting, right? Do you break up the lefties, meaning... Do you have Eric Lauer start game three against the Cubs, a team that he has had success against, by the way, as of last year, and he gets a lot of swings and misses against them. And then you break up the lefties so you don't just go back-to-back lefties. And then what that would do is that would allow Freddie Peralta to start the home opener against the New York Mets. And look, Freddie, he's had a great camp. He looks healthy. I personally would love to have Freddie Peralta start the home opener. For one, the fan favorite, the the extended guy, the, the the personality and the flavor and the excitement. He might hit 100 in that first inning of how amped up he's going to be pitching in front of 40,000 screaming Brewers fans. That will be exciting uh, if he gets the ball on, opening, on the uh, home opener. That's what I would do, personally. I think that would be a great fit. Uh, not saying that Eric Lauer would be a bad fit, but I think the way things could shake out, the fans would love that. Fans love Eric Lauer, too, don't get me wrong. But I think it would be a good matchup uh, for the Brewers taking on the Mets. But looking at Eric Lauer's numbers uh, against the Cubs last season, Lauer made a total of four starts against them, 22 innings. He had 30 strikeouts and a 3.27 ERA. Pretty darn good stuff against them. He had a ton of swings and misses against them. And I believe the number is he had 21 swings and misses in a game. Uh, I believe that was on the 4th of July against Chicago, which was the uh, second most on the team, and the most on the team by anybody not named Corbin Burns. Uh, He's got some really good numbers against them, and I wouldn't be surprised if they go with Lauer for Game 3 of that series down at Wrigley to open up the season. Then he looked, like I said, Freddie Peralta is healthy. The shoulder's good. He changed up his workout routine a little bit this offseason. He feels great. Shoulder is not an issue. It is in the rearview mirror. We have seen him hit 96, 97 multiple times in spring training outings so far this season. So I'm very excited to see that. Uh, and then finally, the ageless wonder, the man, the myth, the, met, the legend, Wade Miley, back with the Brewers. Man, he is smiling every day he comes into the clubhouse. He is so comfortable in Brewers pinstripes. The team is comfortable with him. And that year in 2018, man, it was some great, great stuff. 16 starts. Yes, only 80 innings, but he did what he needed to do. He gets guys out. He gets the ball on the ground. He works quickly. He's just a throwback, man. Opponents only hit 237 that season against him. And that was, quite frankly, his best season since, uh, you know, going to the Astros. Now, granted, he was really good with the Astros for the first four and a half months of the season. Then he had an abysmal September September, and an abysmal uh, postseason. Hurt a lot in 2020. Comes back, pitches well with the Reds in 2021. Then hurt pretty much all of last year with the Cubs. And now he's here with the Brew Crew. He's healthy. He's good to go. He's going to be the fifth man of this rotation. But when it comes to the Adrian Hausers and the Bryce Wilsons, we'll talk about the relievers next. But when it comes to those guys, they may make a spot starter too. Don't be shocked if you see that. Jason Alexander's on the injured list, by the way. He's already on the 60-day IL. So Jason Alexander is not going to be that guy filling in on starts. It's going to be Adrian Hauser or it's going to be Bryce Wilson, who they acquired from the Pirates this past offseason. And the Bryce Wilson acquisition is going to make things a little complicated for this bullpen because they got a lot of guys that can throw multiple innings. But it may not be a bad thing in the first month of the season. 
But the Brewers are so set with their five, I can't think of many other teams that really don't have anything to worry about. Now, I say that assuming health, obviously, knock on wood. But the, the thought is they're healthy, you know the five, there's been no competition there, and you're good to go. So how does that impact the bullpen and Hauser and Wilson and everybody else coming on the back end of that? So stay with us. Let's talk about the bullpen. Let's talk about that unit coming up next here on the Home of the Brewers, WTMJ. On to the bullpen as we continue to preview the roster here on Brewers Weekly. One week away from opening day. It is here almost. Almost. A few more days of spring training and then we'll be ready to go. Uh, y'all need to get the weather in, in check up there, okay? I am not excited to come back. Not going to lie. Not Now, it's been a weird weather year down here in Arizona, but I am not excited. That snow better be melted, okay? That snow better be melted by the time I get back on Tuesday night. All right? We cool with that? Cool. Uh, I am very excited to talk about relievers because a lot is going on when it comes to the impact of having five set starters and what that's going to mean moving forward. So we got, we've got relievers here. We've already talked outfielders. Next up, we'll talk infielders. We'll wrap it up with catchers and DH and some final thoughts moving ahead. But with relievers here, look, Devin Williams is going to be your closer. There's not a single doubt about that. And there are, to be fair, some question marks. There are guys unproven and worried about sophomore slumps with a guy like Peter Szczeslecki. Can Hobie Milner repeat an epic season for by all standards for him? He was the unsung hero, in my opinion. He was the team MVP for me last year. What he was able to do with runners uh, inherited, with lefties, with righties, really found something with his arm slot. The guys that you know are locked into this bullpen are Devin Williams, Hobie Milner, Peter Strzelecki, uh, Matt Bush is locked in. He's still got multiple years left. And then, you know what? You probably lock in Adrian Hauser and then Bryce Wilson after he pitched today because those two guys give you length. So that essentially really only leaves two spots available. Well, Javi Guerra is probably on this team. They acquired him for a reason from the Tampa Bay Rays, and he throws absolute fuel in the words of Hobie Milner. And that leaves really one spot which would be between Yoel Piomps, who has no options remaining. Uh, You can look at Gus Varland, the aforementioned Rule 5 pick. Uh, They've already optioned Abner Uribe. They've already optioned Tyson Miller. They've already optioned Jansen Junk. So it comes to Jake Cousins. He's already been optioned. Elvis Peguero, he's already been optioned. Cam Robinson, he's already been optioned. You see what I'm getting at here? It's between Yoel Piomps and Gus Varland, and quite frankly, look, Gus Varland is performing, and he's doing, you can't ignore what he's doing right now. Craig Council said it today, post-game. His last three outings, it's really tough to top that. Here are Gus Varland's numbers. If you knew nothing about Gus Varland, not the Rule 5 or anything like that, right? if you knew nothing about Gus Varland, say he was a minor league prospect that is not yet, that is on your 40-man roster. Let's say he was added to the 40-man this past offseason. And you put up these numbers in your first spring training, you'd be like, uh, yeah, put him on the team. Gus Varland, seven games, seven and a third innings, 15 strikeouts. Okay? 15 strikeouts. It's pretty darn good. Uh, only eight hits allowed. Yes, three of them have left the yard. One of them was a weird scenario where he revealed to us that it might have been because 
the batter could hear his pitch comp. Like he had it cranked up so loud and it was late in the game where nobody was in the stands. There was no buzz in the stands and the batter could hear it. And Craig Council joked today like, yeah, we could hear it in the dugout. So uh, that might have been part of it as well. Gus Varland's numbers have been insane. He's faced 30 batters this spring. He has struck out 15 of them. Is that good? It's not bad. It's a hammer of a slider. It's a great changeup. He's got a great attitude about it too. He's in a win-win situation, right? If he wins, you know, he wins, he gets onto a big league roster for the first time in his career with a great organization when it comes to pitch design and pitching development. And he gets to stick around and really, you know, exhale finally. And if the Brewers decide to move on from him and send him back to the Dodgers, like, all right, cool. I've finally got myself back into shape. I finally got my my arm where I want it to be. And I bet I'll move quickly with the Dodgers organization. So a lot of good to come out of this for Gus Varlin. He's taking it in stride. Yoel Piomps, he's moved around a lot the last couple of years. The Nationals, the Royals, the A's, and now the Brewers. He was, you know, one of the pieces acquired in the William Contreras deal with the Atlanta and Oakland. He came from Oakland. You know, maybe he was supposed to be the guy to get lefties out, but with the way that they're talking about keeping Bryce Wilson on this roster, especially for the first month of the year, I, I think Yoel Piomps is going to be left on the cutting room floor just because, look, They've got a million righties. I know he can get lefties out, but he's not a strikeout guy. I think Varlin will give you more value in the future as well. Pyomps will land on his feet. Somebody will pick him up, but the lack of options is what's killing him. But you can't option Gus Varland either, in case you were wondering. That's the reason why it's such a different scenario as a Rule 5 pick. He has to be placed on the active roster. Otherwise, he gets sent back to the Dodgers. I've been so impressed, not just talking to Gus, but with his performances, with his you know story going on of making sure that you make the team and you perform well. I, I, I'm not saying he's going to suddenly take the eighth inning from Strzelecki or Milner or whatever, but Gus Varland's going to pitch some very, very, very important innings this season. And I just want to throw out another name at you. Abner Uribe is going to pitch in the big leagues this year. He was added to the 40-man roster this past offseason uh, as protection from him being selected in the Rule 5 draft. He's probably going to start the year in Biloxi. Maybe he'll go to Asheville very quickly. He only pitched uh, a few, didn't pitch many innings at all last season because of a meniscus tear that he suffered at the start of the season. But then he tore things up in the Arizona Fall League and pitched very, very, very well and got his command under control, and his command has really been under control so far here in spring training. In the five games he's appeared in, he has not allowed a run, five innings, six strikeouts, three walks, but still better than his rate from the whole season in his last full season in 2021. He throws 101 miles an hour. He's got a hammer of a slider at 90 miles an hour. Remember the name Abner Uribe. He is going to pitch in the big leagues at some point this year. I think this year, and I asked Council about this a couple of weeks ago, not to say that this bullpen is exactly the same talent-wise as 2018's bullpen. But something that I see that what this bullpen has in common with that 2018 bullpen is that there's going to be a lot of plug-and-play, right? There's going to be guys getting multiple innings, multiple outs. I think we're going to see a few four-out saves from Devin Williams this year. I think we're going to see guys moving around. We're not going to see defined inning roles, if Matt Bush, if this is his window in the lineup in the seventh inning, it's going to be Matt Bush. Or then if we got three straight lefties coming up, Hobie Milner, you've got the eighth inning, right? So I think it's going to be a lot of plug and play, a little bit of a, a stray from the norm from Craig Council. He doesn't quite believe so, but I'll believe it when I see it because I don't see a set. Peter says, like, you've got the eighth. 
He can really get you out of a jam. Hobie Miller can get you out of a jam. Gus Varland would be great to clean inning. So, I, I look, the bullpen unit is going to look very different even by July as opposed to what it is right now. And the Brewers, yeah, they're probably going to have to let go of uh, Yoel Pions, but they've got a lot more talent on the way, like Uribe, like Tyson Miller, like Cam Robinson. So, yes, departing with Yoel Pions seems a little puzzling. It kind of brings up... Uh, shades of the Nelson Lamette last year. Like, wait, you traded for him, then you DFA him? Like, what's going on? But I, I this one I'm fine with because, look, Varlin's performance has been there. There is most definitely more on the way that's already on the 40-man roster. And that opens up another spot on the 40-man. So keep that in mind uh, as well for the Brewers moving forward. When it comes to the infield, this is where things get interesting. This is where we're going to talk a little more about Keston Hira and Luke Voigt, things of that nature. But look, I talked about it earlier in the show. I think we're about to see the beginning of the end for Keston Hira. So uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the rest of the infield next here on the home of the Brewers, 620 WTMJ. Infielders. And uh, Tommy, I don't know if you realize, you just played Keston Hira's walk-up song from last year. So I think I did uh, know that. Yeah, so but I didn't know this that is our when I homage, did Blue World by Mac Miller. <laughs> but that's what's ahead I mean, of I Keston meant to Hira. Do that. Yeah, yeah, it's a blue world for Keston Hero coming up. Look, I don't want to harp on it. I talked about it earlier in the show. I think we're about to see the end of Keston Hero. I think Luke Voigt's going to make this team. Uh, we talked about the fact that Tyler Naquin is probably going to make this team because Luke Voigt is going to make this team, right? I know we talked about Keston might be able to play a little bit of left field, and things, but look, they have got a log jam in left field with Yelich and with Winker. So having a third guy that is a fringe defender in left field isn't going to help the Brewers. So when when it happens, it's going to happen, and Luke Voigt's probably going to be the backup first baseman. And a reminder— we're making the big deal about this for the backup first baseman job. Rowdy Telez is still going to be your everyday first baseman, or majority everyday, five, six days a week first baseman, right? So Rowdy's still going to get the lion's share of at-bats from first base. Maybe there'll be some changes uh, for uh, right on left, that kind of thing, for Voight to come off the bench in that regard. I, I see them pretty equally defensively, maybe Rowdy a slight edge. Um, but hey, the Brewers certainly have a type at first base, don't they? Um, the rest of the defense, though, the rest of the infield, we've talked a lot about Kess, talk a lot about Voight. Let's talk about Brasso. And I got a texture in here as well, uh, just saying, can we please talk about Brasso and Luke Voigt? Well, we talked about Voigt. These guys should definitely be on the roster. Glad to see Miley as well. Look, Brasso's on the roster. I, I don't know where this started and people talking about, oh, Brasso might get option. Like, ah, I, he's a lefty killer. He's exactly what the Brewers need. Defensively, pretty average serviceable. And, you know, second base leaves a little bit to desire. He can handle third base well enough. For what he's going to be asked to do from the Brewers this year, he helps them win. Mike Brasso's on this team, and he's had maybe the best camp of anybody in baseball. Right, listen to his numbers. A 423 batting average, 11 for 26, two doubles, five homers, 12 ribbies, four walks, and yet he's still got eight punches. So it's been such a wild spring. He's slugging 1,000. Slugging 1,000, not OPS. His OPS is almost 1,600. So it's been a heck of a spring for Mike Brasso. He's another guy we chatted with uh, for a full conversation. You can find that on your podcast feed or on YouTube, Dom Brewers WTMJ. Brasso is going to be an utility infielder. Already mentioned that Owen Miller's on this team, 
He also can be a utility, but I think he's going to be seen mostly as an outfielder as his route to get more playing time. Now, he could play a little bit of second base. He could play a little bit of first base in case of emergency. Maybe they want to make Voight the DH or something like that. But he's going to be all over the place, just like Brasso's going to be all over the place. But Brasso just won't play the outfield, right? And a right-handed bench is always a good thing. Third base is going to be Brian Anderson. and Second base is going to be Luis Urias. And, of course, lock it in, set it in stone. Willie Adamas is going to try to play every day at shortstop this season. Look, Willie Adamas ain't going anywhere, right? Willie is the man. He's the captain of this team. He is one of the guys that is just going to run this team. He is going to be the lifeblood. He is going to keep the pulse going. He's going to keep these guys energized. And his defense is going to matter coming up this season because of the shift restrictions. He's really good at moving to his right, going into the hole. Not so great moving to his left up the middle, but he has a great arm to correct a lot of things. I'm really excited to see Luis Arias at second base. Can make it a little easier on his arm. He's made some incredible plays at second base in the past, and he gets his double play partner with Willie Adamas. The infield defense with with Telez, Urias, Adamas, Anderson. That's a really darn good defensive lineup right there. Now, Telez, I said, is probably league average, but Urias... Slightly above league average. Adamas, absolutely above league average. And Anderson, I mean, the left side might have the strongest arms in all of baseball between your third baseman and your shortstop for Anderson and Adamas. What a combo to have for the Brewers heading into the season. The infield's pretty set. You've got Brasso and Miller as utility guys. Voight, in my opinion, and what the Brewers are going to do here coming up the next two days with the deadline on that contract is going to be the backup first baseman, and Keston Hira will be uh, DFA'd since he is out of options moving forward, and then he'll be claimed by somebody, and you know what? Maybe a change of scenery is going to be the difference for Keston. So that's the infielders. Let's wrap things up with the catchers and the DH, obviously the smallest position crew out there, and then get you ready uh, for a few more days of spring training baseball here on 620 WTMJ. I've got one minute left, so I apologize if you wanted a big breakdown on Victor Caratini and, and William Contreras and Jesse Winker. But the truth is, look, William Contreras is going to be the opening day catcher. Uh, Craig Council praised his work ethic the other day, that he's been a great student. He's done things the right way. They are very, very confident with what he can do behind the plate. Victor Caratini has been also a great coach and a great teacher. They are extremely happy with what Vic has been doing, helping William get up to speed with this crew. Jesse Winker is going to start the season as a DH. He will eventually move into the outfield. You may see both Caratini and Contreras in the lineups at some point this year where Contreras is DHing and Caratini is catching for the sake of his bat, but not much drama to unfold on the uh, DH front. There is baseball Friday on WTMJ. First pitch at 3 Central against the Rockies. Hope to hear you on the radio. I'm Dom Catronio. For Tommy Wirtz, keep on swinging.